Welcome to Oh My Dollar, a personal finance show with a dash of glitter. Dealing with money can be scary and stressful. Here we give practical, friendly advice about money that helps you tackle a financial overwhelm. I'm your host, Lillian Kerbey. Let's talk about money. Often when folks I'm talking to about financial well-being, so I, you know, I say, hey, I teach personal finance, and they say, oh, man, my credit score is awesome, or oh, my credit score is really just in the dumps. And they use a credit score as a way of implying financial well-being. And I'm essentially here to tell you one thing today, which is a great credit score is not in any way an indication of financial health. Do you know why credit was invented? Oh, by the Romans to (laughs) keep down the proletariat. Um, No, actually. So credit scores were actually done because credit was so unequal. So until the 1970s, when the Fair Credit Reporting Act was around, if you wanted to apply for a mortgage, a mortgage or a car loan, they didn't have a centralized database that said, hey, this person is a good credit risk. Right, because it was all pen and paper, I imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not only that, it was just based on the individual banker in your town. So they could include any kind of thing on you. Your file might include whether or not you cheated on your wife, what what religion you are, what church you went to. Um, Did it could include whether or not you had a bar tab at the local restaurant. I mean, it could include any number of things. It was very, very discriminatory. So women were not able to even have their own credit card under their own name, whether or not they were married or not, until 1974. They weren't allowed to go buy a vacuum cleaner at the store without their husband getting called to get the get it approved. Your race could be a huge factor in whether or not you got lending, which is what, how we ended up with so many of the terrible lending practices we had in homes. Right. Huh. I've read a little bit about that with mortgages, but never for uh, Well, mortgages are the main extension of credit generally. Um, and, and so that these lending practices, the Fair Credit Reporting Act created these created this standard for the credit bureaus to go with where they said you can't include race you can't include gender you have to only use the factors that are based on their repayment history you can't throw in random other things in there which is part of the reason that income isn't in in there anymore oh and and from that is where you what sort of led to consistent credit and a lot of people think a credit score comes from the government that's not actually true. I thought it came from the government. Who does it come from? It actually comes from these three different bureaus who are private companies whose entire business is creating these algorithms to turn up a number that is supposed to determine your credit worthiness. So they all have different secret algorithms. We know generally what they involve, but they actually have tweaks that they do to them all the time. And then credit um, credit lenders, so either banks or um, you know, mortgage brokers, they, they have relationships with the credit bureaus where they will get your credit score from them. So they have a relationship with one of the three credit bureaus. The only thing that the government is involved in is saying what can and can't be used in a credit score and what rights you have as a consumer uh, to your credit report. And that's what the Fair Credit Reporting Act did and the Equal Lending Act, which happened in 1974. Your credit score is not made by the government, and it certainly is not an indication of your financial health. So it doesn't reflect your income. It doesn't reflect how much is in your bank account. It doesn't reflect how much you have invested. Um, it can't tell the difference between someone who's renting a house versus someone who has a completely paid off house. 
it can't tell the difference between whether or not you're living paycheck to paycheck or not. It it really does not necessarily indicate your financial health. What it does indicate is whether or not you're a good risk to the credit card companies. There are many lenders and they want to figure out if you're a good risk, right? Remember when we talked about how countries have bonds and some bonds are very expensive? So Greece is very bad at paying back their debt, which means that they pay incredibly high interest on their bonds. Mm -hmm. The same is true for people. So um, you might have heard, oh, I have a really bad credit score, so I had to pay a ton on my car loan, right? So someone that maybe has a very low credit score in the 500s, um, if they go and try to borrow more money, they will pay a bigger interest rate. And that's because the credit score indicates to the person that is lending them money whether or not they're going to pay back. Okay. So I hear, I hear you say 500s numbers what, yeah what there's this... is it an easy one through ten is it an easy mm, percentage no no um and i will also clarify that there are three different credit scores that you have a lot of people think of a credit score as a singular thing but that's not actually true there's three different credit bureaus um i'm not going to get into the specifics about the differences between them it's really not terribly important to you because you don't get to pick and choose which credit bureau a lender looks at they have a relationship with one of the credit bureaus ideally what your report says that reflects in your score for each of them will be the same because it'll be true if it has inaccurate information in one credit bureau versus the other that's when you'll see a discrepancy in scores the scores depending on which bureau it is um they range from uh like all the way down to 200 to um, 700 or 850 or 750. Essentially, those are the three different scores. The most important thing to understand is that it's really easy to make a jump from the 200s to the 500s. Like that, that jump is actually doesn't require that much time or energy, but it's a huge jump to go from 650 to 750 and an even bigger jump to go from 750 to 850. So why is that? What do those different numbers indicate? Um, it's very similar to it's it's a so it's kind of an exponential scale. It's not quite exponential. If you're a math geek, you're gonna cringe listening to this, but um, it's it gets harder for each incremental point. So the the difference between an eight twenty and an eight fifty on the uh, on the scale that you, goes up to eight fifty is perfect, theoretically perfect. Is it matters almost not at all to you as a credit risk, but it's just a matter of like a very specific amount of time. So they make it really hard to get up to that point in that point. There, you don't gain much by having a credit score at the very top of the heap. And the other thing to understand is a credit score isn't a trophy that you win and you put on a shelf. It is a capturing of a point in time. It is constantly changing usually about on a monthly basis because that's usually when you pay your credit cards off or you pay your student loans off that's your credit score there's not you don't accomplish an 850 and then if nothing in your life ever changes you will always have an 850 that's just not a true fact um it's not like paying off a debt where once you've paid off that debt you're like hurrah that's done it's zero um a credit score is a kind of constantly shifting picture of your financial risk um it's so not worth obsessing over your credit score. There are, however, important things that a credit score can influence. Where would it matter? So one of the things that it 
it matters. And so the most obvious is it is about whether or not you're a good risk to lenders. So theoretically, it matters zero if you're never going to borrow money, right? If you're not going to take out a mortgage on a house, if you're always going to buy cars in cash, um, if you're not going to apply for credit cards, if you're not going to have to finance a medical procedure that isn't covered by insurance, all of those things, the main thing a credit score does is indicate your risk to a lender and a good credit score will get you a lower interest rate. And interest rates cost money. Compound interest is a thing. And so, of course, you want you if you do have to borrow money, you want to go for a low interest rate. This is why it matters so much for mortgages what your credit score is, because if you are taking out a mortgage to buy a house just because you're taking it's the largest purchase of your life, most likely. If you're taking out $200,000 to buy a house, which at this point you can't even find a house for $200,000 in Portland. <laughs> right, but, in Oklahoma, hypothetically. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's yeah. a lot for Oklahoma. <laughs> let's, let's imagine you're buying somewhere where you can find a $200,000 house. The difference in, because you're taking out a 30 or a 15-year mortgage, the difference between a 3.2% interest rate or a 4% interest rate is tens of thousands of dollars over the life of the loan. It makes a huge difference. And that difference between that like 680 credit score and that 780 credit score will make a huge difference in what kind of interest rates you qualify for. So it matters if you want to borrow money. However, the credit score doesn't matter a ton outside of wanting to borrow money. So if your goal is to be debt free and you're not planning and your you know one of your goals is to always pay cash for your cars because usually I don't recommend financing cars if you can avoid it um, you know it doesn't affect you that much but there are the people that say well I just will never ever I'll always use a debit card I'll never try to build credit because whatever I never want to buy a house I never want to buy a car there's reasons I don't recommend that um, your credit score affects your insurance rates. So if you have car insurance or homeowners insurance or renters insurance, your credit score can be factored into your insurance rates. Um, you're, and so you obviously want to pay less for your insurance, right? Um, it can be used to evaluate you for jobs. So there's a couple states where this isn't true. Oregon is not one of them. But most states... They can pull your credit score in order to determine if you're a good fit for employment. Wow. Oh, wait. So, so, so to clarify, Oregon is not one of the ones that does or Oregon? Uh, Oregon Oregon allows you to pull a credit score. Um, uh, there are a couple states where there are exceptions to that rule. And, you know, it makes sense from an employer perspective, right? Theoretically, it's this unbiased view. I don't think it's an indication of your financial well-being, but it is a view of whether or not you have debt collectors after you. Although, if you do have debt collectors calling you at work, this is just a general money tip from Oh My Dollar. If you have debt collectors calling you at work, you are able to tell them, hey, I am not allowed to take these kind of calls at work. Based on the Fair Credit Reporting Act and the uh, Debt Collections Act, you are not allowed to call me at work between these hours. You can call me at home, but you are not allowed to call me at work. I will get in trouble. It will adversely affect my employment. And they legally cannot call you at work. I have credit cards. Um, I'm not anti-credit card. There's, I think that credit cards can be an effective tool, but a lot of people don't have discipline with them. And people look at them as free money. They're not free money. They're just really a way for you to get the credit bureaus to get reports on how good you are at handling credit. You should be paying them off every month. You should never get caught up in the minimum payment trap. So I see a lot of these younger people that, you know, they 
luckily, during the recession, they made it harder to advertise on college campuses. But it used to be that they would sign up for a credit card because they got a free T-shirt. And so a lot of people will be like, oh, I have this credit card. It has an $1,000 credit limit. That's the most money they'd ever seen at once when they're 20 years old. And they go buy a laptop for school. So they spend $1,000 on a laptop. And if you've got 18% APR, which is what the typical interest rate is on a card, you're going to be paying $1,899 if you're paying a minimum payment on oh, that wow. laptop. So two laptops, more three, or less. Three, 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 three because me. that $1,000 laptop cost you $2,800. Oh. Yep, I wasn't even adding the original laptop yes. cost. Okay. So, so that is what is incredibly important to understand is those minimum payments does not in any way equal what you should be paying on it. You should be paying 100% of your balance off every month. And if you do have credit card debt, don't freak out. Life goes on. We can fix this for you. But credit card debt is usually the first debt that I want you to attack when you're trying to pay off debt. And that's because it has crazy high interest rates. Um, and, you know, there's you see these, oh, there's these 0% interest credit cards or whatever where they give you free money. They can be a good strategy for paying off debt. But in reality, if you're trying to build your credit and you're applying for a credit card, the interest rate should matter nothing to you. The only thing that should matter is the fee, and you want the fee to be $0. And the reason the interest rate doesn't matter to you is you will pay no interest if you pay it off every month. Oh, right. So it's not even going to matter. We're just going to yep. 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 not use that side yes. of it. Hopefully, I want, I want you, if you are applying for a credit card for the first time in order to build your credit, I want you to never have to care about the interest rate in your life. I hope that you never even know what it is on your credit card. And the reason I do is because I hope you pay it off every single month. Um, some people get really caught up in what looks like good credit use, which is where they you know, pay it off every month, but they're actually living on that credit card float. So you know, they, they use the, the credit card to pay their general expenses each month. But if their paycheck didn't come at the end of the month, they wouldn't be able to pay it off. And what I really want for you is to get to the point where you've got that buffer, you've got that one month of expenses sitting in your checking account at all times, so you aren't living on that credit card float. And any moment, if that credit card bill needed to be paid today, you could do it and you could do it out of your checking account. No loans on your retirement, no pulling it out of your emergency fund. I want you to be able to pay that credit card at any point in time from your checking account. And that's how you know you've tr you're not living on float and you've truly escaped that pay paycheck to paycheck cycle. Here's the main thing. You don't have to have a credit card. Credit scores are not the most important thing that has ever happened to anyone. They are not an indication of how much, how great you are at adulting. <laughs> like a lot of people think that like you have a credit score, you've made a great credit score, you've made it in the world. You know how you've made it in the world? You've got a fully funded emergency fund. You're escaping the paycheck to paycheck cycle. You've started saving for retirement and you are attacking or you've paid off your debt. That's how you know you're winning. And your credit score could be improved by those situations, but it might not necessarily, and that is okay. The credit score only matters right before you are applying for credit or in those situations that we mentioned. Oh, huh. That's probably all we're going to cover today. Another day I will dive much deeper into the guts of a credit score and what makes up your credit score because I'm a data geek. I love to talk about the algorithms. Next time. <laughs> um, and there's some games that you can play to improve your credit score. If you maybe do want, if you saved up your 20% and you're really stoked on, on finding a house and you're ready to apply and you want to make sure you have the best credit score possible at the moment that they pull it, there's some games that you can play in order to get it higher. But 
that's too much for today. Next time on Oh My Dollar, we'll dive into the depth of what makes up a credit score. This wraps our show for today. Any final thoughts to add? Uh, they sound less scary and less important than I thought. Less scary and less important <laughs> is, I think, exactly what I want you to feel about credit scores. Our producer is Will Romy. Our intro music is by Aaron Parecki. And I'm Lillian Kerbake, your personal finance educator and host. Thanks for listening. Until next time, remember to manage your money so it doesn't manage you.